Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. My buddy uh, Ophir suggested a few topics to talk about in an upcoming episode. He wanted to know about emotional stuff like sadness and anger and uh, a particular personality trait of his, a hot temper. Why do I have such a hot temper? And what about the world? Why is the world the way it is? Why is there so much tragedy in the world? Well, I hope to answer that question or those questions and uh, give to you as well today in this episode. And I can answer all of those questions with one answer, that it's all dependent upon your state of consciousness, your state of being. Neville says in his book, Out of This World, what is your answer to the eternal question, who am I? Your answer determines the part you play in the world's drama. I love, I love that Neville relates this whole thing, this whole experience as a drama or as a movie, if you will. Everything is this tale, this story that we've created in our imagination. And it all comes down to the part we're playing, our identity. He says, your answer, that is your self-concept, need not conform to external reality to which it relates. Ah, so we can change it. It all depends on your concept of self, who you are, your identity. You're a character in your story. You're the main character. In fact, you're all the characters. Because Neville says that God is the actor playing all the parts. And he says God is our own wonderful human imagination. So we have this story that we created, this, this whole human drama. And just like in what we call a fictional tale, a good story has conflict. And from what I can remember in high school and college studying literature, there are several types of conflict. You know, man against man or if you prefer, person against person, person against nature, person against society, person against God or the supernatural, and person against self. And in just like in good stories, you know, we have the conflict, but we have resolution. You know, we want to see the conflict, the hero in peril, and that we want the villain to really get what's coming to him. And we want to see some resolution. And we do the same thing in life. You know, we create these bad guys and we see enemies and villains in the government. Uh, right now you might be thinking nature is out to get us or you're, you know, it's for you, it's person against person. It's that, it's that asshole neighbor that just listens to everything and judges you, listens to everything you're saying and says, you know, makes all these judgments about you. Well, what are you judging? How are you judging them? But we create this drama based on our concept of self. And then all of these characters come into our experience, reflecting back to us what we're imagining. You can only experience what you're imagining, concept of self. Because self, the true self, capital letter, capital S self, is playing all the parts. And so you experience the reflection of what you're conscious of being. So Ophir, if you don't like the emotional junk that you're experiencing, 
or the temperament, the hot temper, that can be easily transcended by moving into a lovelier state of consciousness. And Neville says to when you have any desire, you move by assuming the feeling of that desire fulfilled and sustain that feeling. And that feeling, if sustained, must objectify the state that would have created that feeling. And you could certainly imagine a scene that implies your wish fulfilled. A simple scene. Not something crazy like running around the house after you win the lottery, but what would you be doing right now at this moment if you were wealthy with no conditions that it has to be the lottery or anything or an inheritance or, you know, a big lawsuit win, a big settlement, drop all the how. How would you feel right now and what would you be doing? How would you be enjoying going grocery shopping right now? Or how would you be relaxing on the back porch with the cool breeze? Not having to check your bank account or count pennies in your penny jar. How would that feel to be that person now? So you become a different character. You're rewriting your story when you move into a, a new state of consciousness. And the world, the characters that you place in it, will reflect this change. When I was thinking about this episode, I uh, remembered back about 18 years ago, a, a little monologue I had done in church a few times. Now, I've mentioned before, I think I've mentioned before that I'd gotten into acting decades ago. I'd even hired an agent. I'd done uh, even farther back, I'd gotten uh, into live theater. I love live theater. Uh, but I never was very good at it. It always seemed like I was faking it. it didn't seem real to me. And then, so I hired an agent and she got me, got me into some acting classes. And the acting classes uh, reinforced my assumption that I'm no good at that. Because I want, in one particular little sketch, we had to get up and uh, the acting coach gave us a scenario. It put me with another person in front of everybody. And it was a little impromptu thing. And I was just over the top, exaggerated. It was like watching one of those Nickelodeon or Disney Channel kid shows where everything is just way exaggerated and so unreal and, and just, ugh. and that's exactly what I felt. And everybody in the room felt the same way. You, it was the, my bad acting was so real. <laughs> you could smell it. It was just awful. And the coach asked me, did that feel natural to you? Is that how you'd really behave? And of course I said, no. And I sheepishly walked back to my chair and, uh, just wanted to get out of there as quickly as I could. So a few years pass after that whole experience, and I was asked to do this little monologue, do a little sketch at church. This is back when I was going to church. And it was based on a book by uh, Max Lucado, a Christian author. He had taken a story, uh, or one of the stories from the Bible about the leper being healed by Jesus. And he had written out this little monologue in his book. And then I took that monologue that he had written and I turned it into a little stage play. And so I performed the leper 
at church uh, s- several times. Now, for this particular character, I, I had my memory of my experience with the acting coach who was still uh, fresh. It had been a few years, but it was still fresh in my memory of uh, not wanting, you know, wanting to avoid being fake and not seeming real. So I really wanted to make this character real. I wanted it to be believable. So I remember quite clearly standing in my living room after Kim and the kids had all gone to sleep. I stayed up the entire night this night studying the script. And I, the first couple of hours, I just kept reading the script and trying to memorize it line by line. And then uh, I did that. I got it the you know I memorized the lines but I wasn't inhabiting it wasn't that wasn't me yet so I just plopped down on the couch in exhaustion and closed my eyes and started thinking about okay who is this guy and how would I feel if I were this guy now real quick I had no idea who Neville Goddard was at this time but I understood that to make this believable, I needed to really believe it myself, become this person that I was portraying. And so I asked myself those questions. Who is this guy? You know, he had a good life, and then he got sick with this leprosy, this disease that he became an outcast, and he lost his family, and then he's healed. He finds this healing, and then he celebrates and goes through all of these emotions of the tragedy of the loss, the disease, and losing his family, and the redemption, being healed, being clean again, and be able to celebrate with his family and hold his children again. So I thought about that person. How would I feel if that were that person? How would I feel if I were stricken with some awful disease and an outcast and lost my family? And then how would I feel if I were brought out of that and healed and the celebrating with my family? I went through the whole thing and felt the, just the awful sadness of it and really let that become a part of me. Imagine being so sick that I couldn't do anything, couldn't work anymore. And then I imagined what it would feel like to be healed. The whole story arc I imagined for myself. And... It was a really good role. It came off very well. I mean, looking back, you know, dressing up in the old, you know, those old Bible clothes that you have to wear when you're in church. Anytime you do a Bible story, you have to dress in those big burlap sack type clothing, you know, (laughs) those clothes and to, you know, walk around barefoot and sandals or whatever. So I think that was a really good portrayal of the leper. I mean, it was so good that each time I did it, I I was just emotionally frazzled. I would have to go, I'd go off by myself and just bawl. I would cry and just let out all this emotion, all this stuff that was coming out of me that I'd felt. Because each time I'd get up on stage, I would become this sick, diseased man. And then I would become this healed man, rejoicing and celebrating with my family. And it's funny, this is what struck me today as I was, recall that character that I played, how just several years later, I got sick. I was diagnosed with brain damage and a movement disorder, all permanent. And all. Uh, and the, the movement disorder was something that, while itself, in, it, in and of itself, it wasn't terminal, it was definitely permanent. And as each day went, the more my muscles contorted and contracted and stayed that way, it would cause 
a cascading effect, making other muscles and the next muscles to start to constrict and stay that way and twist and hurt and then make my whole body do that. So while it wasn't terminal, it, uh, it certainly wasn't a good outlook for me. It was painful. And I went through seven years of it. Not that seven means anything uh, for real, but that's how long it went. There's no, no number is holier than any other number, just symbols. But in my case, seven years went by being sick like this. And then I felt the wonderful uh, feeling of being healed and celebrating with my family. And I never thought about that role that I played until today when I was thinking about how everything is, a, is just a part of this drama. All of these are just characters that we're experiencing. And all of these are just God playing these characters. But this goes back to what Neville says, that there is no fiction. I became that leper. Now, in my imagination, when I was preparing for that role, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I couldn't connect with leprosy, but I could connect with being so sick that I'm crippled and couldn't walk straight and couldn't use my body the way I wanted to use it. And I took on all of these traits of this character to make it a good performance. But it was all in my imagination. And in my imagination, I moved into that state, that state of consciousness. And it showed up several years later. So there really is no fiction. But there's also no fact, if you want to look at it that way, that all of this is equally a dream. That imagination is God. And we've imagined up this story. And even though we have these, you know, we have, we've done it. You've done it. I've done it for each, for ourselves. We've imagined up these, these conflicts in life. But all of these conflicts serve a good purpose. Neville says that we have a divine purpose. We are here in this world of experience for a divine purpose, to know imagination, to know God, to know that my awareness of being is God. To know that I am the operant power, however you want to say it. So all of these things that we seem that we see as bad and tragic are all opportunities for us to move in imagination. The only time where you're going to have a desire for anything is to experience something that you don't like, or that you want to change. So you've imagined up this whole story with tragedy in this world and villains and heroes. And these things give you desires, chances to move, to expand. Like the Bible says in uh, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is expanding within you right now. And so every turn of this wheel of recurrence that, that, that we're on, each character you play is giving you the opportunity to move in imagination, to rewrite the script. And no matter what you think is outside of you that's defining you, maybe what you call your past or your worries about an invisible future or what the news says or what the president's doing or what your government, whatever, whatever country you're in, whatever you're seeing outside of you as something that controls you or affects you is only you imagining that. That's one of those conflicts that you've put into your story. Maybe it's you versus your neighbor, or you versus the virus. 
or you're you it's you up against the world up against society everybody's just sheep following the government believing everything they say i see that often and i'm seeing it a lot a hell of a lot in people that know that i know study neville they actually post wonderful things teaching what neville taught and then i then they're going on and on online about that how everything's a ruse and the government's lying to us and all of these things that puts the power outside of them and i wonder what state are they in now i you know three months ago i was reading wonderful posts from them about them being knowing that they are the operant power that they are in control of their life and what they experience but now here they are in a completely different state of consciousness seeing everything seeing the government as liars and uh, villains and calling anyone that listens to the government sheep just believing the lies being led around not knowing there's a wolf right around the corner it's all states of consciousness and i'm not judging them because i've lived through i've gone through some really weird states <laughs> my bible thumping states my uh my family used to joke with me about every i've been through every religion i've i used to I, every few years it seemed like i was switching churches because i was always something didn't sit right i wanted to find out more there has to be something else and that was my self my inner self driving me moving me to uncover more to become aware of more in fact even now some of my family members i was told recently that that they want nothing to do with me when i'm talking about this because uh, in they said that this is just another game that mike is playing he's played he's played games all his life and so this is just another game he's playing well that's fine it didn't hurt my feelings the characters that what i'm hearing is only a character that i placed in my story and it gives me an opportunity to imagine lovingly for her and for them and really this is all a game neville calls this the game of life and one of the best one of the number one rules to get to really get is that your imagination is god that what you're imagining is what you're going to experience and you move through infinite states and eventually we all begin to awaken and realize wait this really is all up to me this really is me and then you realize whoa it's not just me it's the real me the inner me the inner i am and then you lose all doubt and then everything all this fear and worry and this need to seek to search for answers you know buying and like i used to do i used to go through from church to church from con concept to concept i was catholic and uh different variations of the christian church and i've i have i've used to have every uh every book that if each denomination wrote you know i had the book a couple of volumes of uh versions or books of the book of mormon and uh jehovah's witness writings and churches written by baptists and ev evangelicals and uh, 
I was baptized in several different religions. The only one I never did was Judaism, which I used to joke about that that's going to be my next one. But I was always seeking, searching, because I felt like I didn't have enough. And then when I got into what Neville Goddard teaches, I still felt like I didn't have enough because I still didn't get who I really was, who I really am. I just, it didn't, that part hadn't opened up within me. And you might be, I'm not where you are. You know, I don't know where you, you know, if you feel you, are you digging into trying to find every video or podcast that talks about this and frantically trying to find the answers because you don't know enough. That's just a state. That is just a state and you can move out of that state of, I don't know enough into the state of, oh, wow. <laughs> it all comes back to what you're assuming. Assume you ha you're in that new state of consciousness where that feeling, that pressure of having to search and buy more programs and uh, listen to more of Feeling Twisty or more of another podcast or more uh, join another Neville Goddard Law of Attraction uh, or I didn't mean Neville Goddard Law of Attraction, but a Neville Goddard group or a Law of Attraction or an Abraham Hicks group or a Seth group or Kabbalah. Everything that you've experienced has always been yourself reflecting back to you. Even when you learn something, even when you reach, find something, it's like, oh, that is amazing. That aha moment. That's still self talking to self. You've been doing this all along. So move from that state of, I have to find it, I have to search, into the state of already have found it. Oh. You can drop this urgency, this panic feeling of trying to find the next answer. And you can finally stop having to ask people or find answers to questions like, is this certain thing possible? They say everything's possible and I've manifested certain things, but what about this? You will get to a point, a state of consciousness, the state of being where you know that the answer is always yes. In the Bible, I don't have the direct quote, but Paul says that in the, in the flesh, in this man of senses, you know, when you're looking with the five senses, the answers are wishy-washy. It's yes and no. But with the spirit of Christ, it's always yes. And don't get triggered <laughs> by my use of the Bible. If you're getting triggered, that's just coming from your own state. The Bible is no holier than anything else. It's written by folks to tell the story that you are the operant power. And this Christ is the power and wisdom, is your imagination in action. That's all it's saying, that in imagination, the answer is always yes. So even when you want to email me and ask me, is this possible? I'm always going to tell you yes. It's always yes, unless you don't think so. So whatever your desire is, whatever your desire is, whatever your desire is, 
Yes. Someone gave me a snarky uh, comment one day. Even if I want to be an astronaut, well, would that feel natural to you, being an astronaut? And still, yes. Remember, your imagination is eternal. You, your real you, is eternal. This is temporary. And so you might imagine yourself an astronaut seeing the Earth from space. And you might drop dead tomorrow. Shed this garment. Bye-bye. Into the next turn of the wheel of recurrence. Your imagining doesn't stop. Even if you imagine to be healthy or wealthy, you will experience it if you sustain that feeling of the wish fulfilled. Your imagination is God. Whatever you're imagining, you can experience. That's what I want you to get. And that there's nothing outside of you. Everything is this drama that's being played out by seemingly separate characters, all played by God, by you. You have all these memories that you call your past that make up you. And, and then your images that you're bringing up, worrying about the future. But all you really have is at this moment, you have right now. Understanding that this is all just a drama and we're all characters in this drama and that you are your own producer, director, writer and the actors. You can choose a different character, a different state of consciousness to express now. And all of this shit that you've held on to that you call the things that make you you is just exposition. You only have now. Everything else is exposition. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.